The following clip is an editorial excerpt from the internationally broadcast and streamed presentation of the 94th Academy Awards presentation held on March 27, 2022 in Hollywood, California. It appears here courtesy of the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences, copyright 2022, and the American Broadcasting Company, a division of the Walt Disney Company. In it comedian, Chris Rock, is preparing to present the award for best documentary feature. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. Will Smith marches on stage and hits longtime friend, Chris Rock, across the face. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal Sheets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Housley, and today we are bringing you our holiday special. Instead of the 12 days of Christmas, we're celebrating the 12 scandals of Christmas. In other words, 12 of the coolest scandals of the past year. Now, as usual, I am joined by my fearless millennial co-host, commercial airline pilot, and Alaskan citizen, Ellie. Ellie, how are you? I am, like, drowning in snow right now, Thad. Like, I don't, I know technically you don't drown in snow, right? Like, you would just asphyxiate in snow, but we got almost <laughs> two feet at our house this past week, and we're about to get oh, another yikes. foot tonight. We have oh, been no. digging out from the snow all week and it took like two full days last week of just shoveling i have like excellent like arm muscles now so if anyone wants tickets to the gun show you can find them on Ticketmaster, except they're probably already sold out see yeah T- i mean Ticketmaster, i have to wait in line for four hours though right <laughs> yeah all my all my best <laughs> All my best fans already have promo codes to get tickets, and they're probably not going to get them. Maybe that's a teaser into a, one of the scandals that we'll talk about here from this year. Yeah, otherwise, I've been I've been good just playing in the snow. That's it. Playing in the snow. Wow, two feet of snow. Awesome. So, Ellie, to help us understand these 12 scandals that we're going to discuss, we've invited two media and cultural experts to help us. The first is known to Scandal Sheet listeners and usually labors quietly in the background composing and producing our music. But once in a while, we allow him to come into the light. His name is John Hookstra. John, how are you? I am good, Thad. Great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And we have a newcomer to the Scandal Sheet team. Ellie, can you provide an introduction? Absolutely. I'm super excited. We've always talked about getting a younger guest on this podcast because, you know, like, even though I'm a millennial, I'm like, I'm growing all these gray hairs and I'm realizing I'm like older than I think I am. And so whenever we talk about these scandals, we're trying to figure out what the younger generation thinks of them. And Gen Z is surprisingly hard to get a hold of. They're very busy people. So thank you to Chessa Hoekstra for carving out time in your very busy schedule to come give your opinion on a lot of these scandals. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Chessa? Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'm Chessa. I am a, I'm a borderline Gen Zer, And I just have to say that as a disclaimer to any audience members who might disagree with my takes. I Because I stopped social media halfway through the year, there may be some things I'm missing, and I know that's a key part of Gen Z, so I just have to throw out that disclaimer in case I, I, I have any inaccurate portrayals here on the pod. 
Can I can I ask why you chose to suspend social media? Oh, well, because it, it just it was addicting, you know. Okay. Standard answer. Okay. TikTok is too good. <laughs> it's too good for our own good. You went cold turkey, huh? <laughs> the algorithm I just did. sucks you right in. That's right. It That's does. Right. Oh, I was going to ask how many other Gen Z of like how many other Gen Z friends do you have who have quit social media? Uh, well, because social quitting social media is it's one of those things like how do you know someone's quit social media? They'll tell you. I can probably <laughs> count three or four. So not not too many. Most people might do. They might keep one app. They might keep Instagram or you know, but they're off Twitter. Or maybe they're back on Twitter now if they're a fan of of Elon. But they're off Instagram and they are off TikTok. Whatever. That's a more common the hybrid approach. Quit one, okay. keep one. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I see. So I'm going to play moderator today, guys. I'm now I'm going to go around the table with the three of you, and uh, and then in rotation, you get to introduce each of our twelve scandals, and then we can all discuss to what uh, any degree we want to. So, number one. Ellie, let's start with you. What is your first scandal? My first scandal involves the family that America loves to hate, the Kardashians, and more specifically, our girl Kim K, who we've been talking about doing a scandal sheet pod on for a while, but we're also just narrowing in on her divorce with Kanye. And, you know, this is her third divorce. Right. So they... They announced their divorce in 2021, so that is last year's news, but they just finalized it only a few weeks ago at the end of November of this year. And, I mean, they have some pretty impressive settlements. Um, right. Kanye, in all of his mess, and, of course, everyone in their mother is, like, disconnecting their ties with Kanye, he also owes Kim $200,000 a month in child support. As if she's not rich enough to support those children on her own. And then he also has to provide half of the kids educational costs and security costs, which is a very celebrity problem to have. I mean, I have never heard of a friend who's been divorced who had to pay for their kids' security costs. So I'm pretty impressed by that. I think the big question is that the Christmas after Kim divorced Chris Humphreys, uh, which was only a 72-day marriage, to save face, she was volunteering in a soup kitchen on Christmas Day. And so I think the question is, after this divorce is finalized, where will we see her on December 25th? Is she going to be volunteering at a soup kitchen? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I thought uh, December 25th was the only day she even saw her children because they, they do that pose for that sort of thing in front of the tree. Oh, for that, and, for that. Yeah, because the, cause the rest of the time, it's like, where are these kids being hidden? You know, they must be raised by <laughs> nannies or something because it's like she's perpetually in a bathroom taking pictures of herself. So it partially naked or completely naked. So Actually, her, right. her kids help. They it, they are sometimes the photographers. Oh, they are. Okay, oh. I didn't. The, you I mean did they're not, not banging that. on the door trying trying to use the bathroom? <laughs> like, <laughs> hold it! I gotta get it. At least at least I know like Kylie gets um or, or sorry um North takes pictures for Kim sometimes, etc. Okay, okay. And that's a very celebrity thing to do because I guess I feel like most kids their chores are like washing the dishes and yeah i'm like and if you're a kardashian kid you're like can i just take some pics (laughs) (laughs) go get mom's string bikini bottom Um, the sponsorships from this picture will pay for your first year of college that's right why why would anybody want to kidnap these kids i don't understand the security because any kidnapper you know like they know they would just get sucked up into some weird dysfunctional reality television show you know it was it'd be like well that really paid off you know and they can't do chores and and who can afford to kidnap one of the kardashian kids when all these kids are like walking around with like Balenciaga bags and, you know, Prada shoes and stuff like, you know, oh, they're Balenciaga. not going to be interested. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's another whole scandal. I guess we can, uh, you know, talk about, talk about. <laughs> put into year, the, but... put into the bag. Yeah. Number two. 
So, okay, Chessa, why don't you take the next round? What do you, what do you got? Oh, yeah, let's talk Tom Brady. Okay, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Super sad about him and Giselle. Yeah? Um, what I, I think is the most interesting is my perception from New England fans, et cetera. So I, I was in Boston. I have a lot of friends who grew up right outside of Boston. People really thought they were they would never get divorced, like ever. It was kind of like a lot of people thought that of Kim and Kanye. <laughs> they really thought this is all rumors. It won't actually happen. It's just, you know, tabloids. Um, well, then it did. So I think the New, New Englanders are kind of in a bit of shock. So, so from my understanding, Chessa, what you make it sound like is that like Tom and Giselle were like the king and queen of New England. Yeah, well, Tom's the king, no question. And even though he moved, I mean, I have friends who will root for the Bucks over the Pats, even though they're born and bred in Boston. So he's still the king. Yes, I would say that. And, and yeah, Giselle is his queen. Okay. What's weird about it to me. I mean, they're saying that it, it was because he chose to unretire, as if that was something that she wouldn't have ever been consulted on. I mean, she's been with him all this time, and he's been a football player. You know, I'm not sure what, you know, it's only, what that it's only 16 games a year. <laughs> like, your your husband retires, and then he stays home with you for three weeks, and he's like, ah, oh, shit. Better go back going to back. Like, what does that say about Giselle? <laughs> you know? But it's a job where you work 16 hours a year. So, I mean, yes, there's training and everything else. But, I mean, it's not like a real job, you know? I think he works a little more than that. I mean. I know. There's think training. Think about all the commercials he has to film. Of course. For. And think oh, about. Oh, my God. Think about all those commercials he had to film for FTX, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be exhausting. Uh-huh. What I think is the most interesting is there's a, a a report that in one of the practices or games or something when his team was playing poorly, he like threw down his helmet and said, I gave up my family for this, which is just funny because it implies that if he, if he wins a Super Bowl or something or did really well, it would have been fine giving up his family. <laughs> but if not, yeah. then his family is not worth it. <laughs> Aha. Good perspective. Number three. So, John, guess what? You're next. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, that was actually uh, the Tom Brady thing was a really good segue into uh, FTX. FTX is is a a, a trading company which trades all, you know, the various cryptocurrencies you know, like Luna, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, and it goes belly up, which is kind of, you know, tied into, you know, all all of the the cryptocurrencies values dropping, and 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 some think that it's it's mostly because of, of a uh, a policy by the Chinese central bank that states that they will not deal in any cryptocurrencies. You know, no one's allowed to mine cryptocurrencies and Mongolia kind of fell right in line with that. I, I, I guess that there are just a, like a lot more, you know, Bitcoins mined in, in like China and Mongolia than people really realize. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's, it's like the percentage of Bitcoins mined in the U.S. is actually lower than that mined in Mongolia. I mean, that's what I read. I don't know if it's true. So that is what caused, you know, the, the, the value of the cryptocurrencies to go down in a lot of people's estimation. But then FTX was partnered with uh, Alameda Research, which is another trading partner who does a lot of like really risky kind of investments. And they were able to trace a lot of uh, FTX's money by FTX investors basically being siphoned off into account you know, like Caribbean you know tax haven accounts so that well at the same time as FTX was declaring bankruptcy so they were using FTX's clients money 
to kind of siphon off to Alameda Research to to do these like really risky trades while the cryptocurrency values were were dropping. So I I don't know. It seems like a really kind of a gossipy thing. Oh, do we know anything about the CEO? He seems to be the guy who's all over the media apologizing and claiming that he had no idea what was going on. The guy that hasn't had a haircut since his uh, his high school yearbook photo. Well, that's that's what he says. So here's my favorite thing is that he also has this quote that says, I didn't know anything. And, you know, that's like my quote, too. Anytime somebody talks about crypto, my brain just like short circuits. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. And it sounds like he is like that, too, except he's CEO of a cryptocurrency exchange. He's CEO. So- <laughs> and he programmed every, He programmed the whole platform. He wrote it himself, supposedly. So yeah. he should know something. There, there's <laughs> something fishy there because he also said that, you know, I don't have any access to, to my document. Any, any of my online documents, I don't. I just don't have access. And it, to it seems he might not even know what documents means because he also has said, oh, my money has gone to a vacation home in the Bahamas. I don't know how that was papered in. Yeah, the whole thing is <laughs> based in the quote. Bahamas. I don't know right? how that was papered in. <laughs> are people saying yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know. You guys who used to use paper at work, do people say things are papered in? <laughs> is that a phrase? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing just generally about the cryptocurrencies is they're only as valuable as, as, as people think they are. So, I mean, if that psychological level drops, then it's like game over because they aren't regulated. They're not regulated by any, any central bank or government or anything. But that's just that's kind of my two cents. how you worth. vaporize a trillion dollars all at once. Overnight. Just yeah. poof. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to some extent, you can say that maybe it didn't exist, you know, except in terms of ones and zeros, which, like all money, exists, but no, no backing, you know. Number four. So, next one, Ellie, what do you got? I've got Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster. Woo! And as I mentioned earlier, Ticketmaster Yay! is the yeah, platform buddy. on which you can find tickets to my show because i've been shoveling the driveway for days now and i'll be doing it again tomorrow and the next day but taylor swift fans who are diehard fans like some of the most diehard in the music industry have been really looking forward to this new eras tour i mean she hasn't been on tour in four years and since then Ah. she's released four albums and so fans are really looking forward to this. She had to cancel her lover tour in 2020. And just one of these deals where fans who had originally tickets to this lover music festival that she was going to host in 2020, they were supposed to have these like fast pass promo codes to be able to get tickets for her new tour and then also beyond that like people who had purchased her midnight album were supposed to be able to get jump the line for getting tickets and stuff and Ticketmaster totally dropped the ball and not just in an irresponsible way like they're they're kind of finding data that actually Ticketmaster completely disregarded those promo codes and actually kind of like sent those mega fans to the back of the line in order for buying their tickets for this tour. So a lot of fans are really upset at Ticketmaster. Taylor has issued a lot of statements about her relationship with Ticketmaster. But the, you know, the sad thing is not only do they have like basically complete control over not just Taylor, but a lot of these artists' tours. And, All venues. Know, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, sales. it's sort of but, a monopoly, isn't it? It is a monopoly and not just that, but, you know, ticket prices are going up. I think on this last Harry Styles tour, the average ticket price was over $600. I mean, for four years straight, my rent was less than $500. So, I mean, who like who is affording $600 to go out for a night of fun to watch your favorite artist, you know? For two hours tops, right? Yeah, it's kind of part of this bigger scandal of like, who can afford to even go to concerts anymore? And Chessa, you were looking one time at like Morgan Wallen concert tickets, and those were out of control. Yeah, because since it gauges like the demand and raises the prices accordingly, it, it can get pretty crazy. What I find the most interesting is at least some some of the, the younger folks. It's the same people who <laughs> who I know who are like, What's a 401k? What's a, how do I move my bank account? Or like things that 
actually, I, I just changed my 401k contribution. It takes literally 30 seconds to do. Right. But it's the same people who, who <laughs> will refuse to learn about these things, you know, joke, oh, I, I'm not planning more than six months in the future. But at the same time, we'll like have this whole elaborate scheme for how to get their T-Swift tickets. And I'm like, okay, so you have the ability to plan a little bit or like <laughs> research something. To game the system. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, excerpt from Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. The Walt Disney Company, copyright 2005. The first of the record-breaking franchise that has earned almost $5 billion to date. Here, actor Johnny Depp, at the age of 42, cements his place in film history with his portrayal of the character, Jack Sparrow. Had a brush with the East India Trading Company, did we? Pirate? Hang him! Keep your guns on him, man. Gillette, fetch some irons. Well, well. Jack Sparrow, isn't it? Captain Jack Sparrow, if you please, sir. Well, I don't see your ship. Captain? I'm in the market, as it were. He said he'd come to commandeer one. I told you he was telling the truth. These are his, sir. No additional shots nor powder. A compass that doesn't point north. And I half expected it to be made of wood. You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. So, Chessa, what have you got next? I have Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh, yeah! This was a big one. So I was just... I, I think this was around the time I was weaning off of TikTok. And, and I know it sounded like I went cold turkey, but I actually like had a few re-downloads. Uh -oh. Remove, redownload. I'm sorry, it's called a relapse <laughs> if you're addicted. <laughs> a redownload in today's terms. Yeah. Fell off um, the wagon. <laughs> yeah, this one was huge. It's just, it for me, it was so crazy how people just rallied behind Johnny Depp in like huge, huge ways. And then some people walked it back later. It was just a whole like the, the crowd power behind him was. Well, the weird thing for me was that the trial actually took place here in Fairfax County, Virginia, about a mile and a half from my front door. So I wasn't even aware initially that this darn thing was going on. But then when I would drive out, you know, all the traffic, because there were so many people, apparently Johnny Depp supporters, who were surrounding the courthouse, you know, and so that's part of the story is like, why the hell did the trial take place here. And the reason was because it was about an op-ed that she wrote in the Washington post and their headquarters is in Virginia over the river from the district of Columbia. Mm. So wait, oh. did you get a look at her lawyer at his lawyer? I no, Well, no, I mean, there was no, I mean, people would, would stay up all night. The, the public part of the courtroom you know, they would stay up all night in order to get into that courtroom because there's only limited wow. seating for the public. But and then, then there was just thousands of people around that entire court complex because it's like it's got a courthouse, a jail and and the place was just a madhouse. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then it's like, I'm going to check TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> so but, I mean, so what, were what? you out there? trying to avoid the paparazzi because I know that, you know, the paparazzi of from like the fans of this pod probably got a little mixed up with the paparazzi from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, there's probably a little bit of overlap there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but my question, Chessa is, okay, so who did who won <laughs> or did anyone? You know who who really won is Johnny Depp's lawyer. Okay. Um, yes. I, right yeah. answer. <laughs> the she is she became the most the the biggest sensation from it. She was immediately promoted at her firm to partner because she became an online celebrity almost overnight. Uh, people were really shipping her and Johnny Depp. Do you guys know what shipping means? No. Sorry. Uh, like pushing for them to, to be a couple. Oh, okay. She was very gotcha. beautiful, very well-spoken. Uh, Mrs. Vasquez, I believe, is her name. Aha. Uh -huh. Is that right, Gabby? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, and another interesting thing is uh, apparently after they broke up, Amber Heard was dating Elon Musk, who may come up. Ooh. Actually, we love that's a good sort of... Elon story. Hey, John, that's a yeah. good cue for you. Number six. Oh, Elon. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, our, 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 our favorite entrepreneur here. I have to say, I have one of his products. Now, okay, you own so, a Tesla? So, yeah. You own or, a spaceship? Or, or a spaceship. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. You <laughs> no, own a spaceship. SpaceX or a Tesla? Yeah. No, the spaceship. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it runs on hydrogen. Um, now, okay, okay, so anytime somebody like, gets control of such a major information outlet, who, you know, somebody who's very opinionated, and always has like some kind of agenda that immediately raises red flags for me. I don't, maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? You know, he he buys Twitter for you know forty three billion, and well over what its marketplace value was. Yeah, and, but remember he, how that kind of came out. First, he was well. He he bought into. He became their biggest single shareholder. They put him on the board. They thought that would shut him up. And then he says, okay, I'm going to buy you. And then he turns around and says, okay, I changed my mind. And then he couldn't get out of the deal because they had already signed a, you know, a purchase agreement. And then rather than get sued by Twitter, then he goes back on to the original deal and gives him the $45 billion, which I'm sure all those, you know, all the founders of Twitter were probably like, Whew, thank God we got out of that fucker. So <laughs> Yeah. It's funny that was it reminds turkey. me of Yeah, it reminds me of like someone who would like buy an overpriced house at the top of the market in like one of these insane cities like Denver or Salt Lake and then just this like burn right it here. down. And then yeah. burn it down. That's what I'm <laughs> like, gonna do right after this podcast is burn down my house. <laughs> 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 like who why and then on top of that he also slept with his friend's wife elon we can do even just like a whole we can have a whole separate spin-off podcast on elon musk about his kids <laughs> and his kids <laughs> yeah he he is quite the character he had a lot of material there so yeah but chesa you work in tech do you think twitter will survive mm, uh, good question yeah, I, I think it'll survive. It depends who you ask on how disastrous it really is. So most people, yes, in this in this topic, they, they veer towards just talking about how they've lost trust in Elon Musk as an innovator. Some people are pretty optimistic for Twitter. They say a lot of new people have joined it. So it just depends, it seems, on how much of a diehard Musk fan you were on how you answer this question. That's what I've learned in the tech world. There's, st there's still no consensus. Mm -hmm. So John, if you have to leave at six, do you want to do your other two? Okay. Number seven. Yeah. Okay. Well, this brings us to our favorite tyrant dictator, Vladimir <laughs> Putin. <laughs> who is getting very nervous because he sees, you know, his neighbors starting to uh, join NATO and ally more with the West. And he wants to nip it in the bud with the Ukraine. OK, he does not want like any NATO influence in the Ukraine. So his solution, invade. It's not that he didn't do enough just to invade Crimea in 2014 because, you know, he wants like a warm water port to export oil. You know, now he wants the whole freaking country which was just really kind of a miscalculated power grab. I think, you know, everybody realizes this, and maybe he realizes this, you know, after the, the re resilience of the Ukrainian uh, resistance. So that, that's, that's my only take on it. Is, there, is there any kind of an end game for that guy? I mean, and I don't know, what are we going to do? Just Is this going to be like um, Vietnam for the Western world? We're just going to be in this thing for the next 20 years. Or Afghanistan. We're just going to keep giving them... As long as those guys are willing to fight, we're just going to keep giving them stuff to fight with, right? I mean, look, conflict is profitable. So as long as somebody is profiting off of it. Well, like like you were saying, you, you were saying good time to, to have an arms dealer. You know, it's just like, <laughs> let's, let's swap right. one out. Right? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Which we'll get into a second with Brittany Griner. But I mean, yeah, like we just swapped her for a arms dealer, which I'm really happy she's free, right? Like that's dominated the news cycle for a while. But yep. yeah, we also <laughs> swapped her for one of like the world's most, you know, notorious arms dealers that was brokered by Saudi Arabia and the UAE. The merchant <laughs> Saudi of Arabia <laughs> is, yes, Saudi Arabia is the world's largest importer of arms. Um, I mean, come on. Is anybody like there's got to be something sticky here? Like, you know, like when you walk into like a dive bar and the floor is like sticky. That's how I feel reading everything about this. I'm like, I don't think I want to eat the chicken wing that fell on the table because it's like sticky. You know, you're like, "Eh," you're just skeptical. I was was thinking of a public toilet, but I'll go with the bar floor. (laughs) It's it's far dirtier than a public toilet in that, that country in Saudi Arabia. So who's winning the war these days? I I used to watch a few of the Ukrainian soldiers on TikTok, but like I said, I've been (laughs) off. I don't know who's winning these days. Ukraine has gotten back about, uh, uh, as of this morning, about 60% of the land that was taken by Russia in in the early days, which started in February and March. They've gotten about 60% of the land back. So, but... The current tactic is for Russia to blow up all their um, power stations so and water. So they're going after you. They can't win the war in terms of because they're forcing their guys, the people they're like literally conscripting people off the street and sending them to Ukraine without any training. They really don't have an army that knows what they're doing, apparently, and they're not motivated. So let's just use drones and blow everything up and maybe they'll surrender is the strategy now. So they're just trying to go Michael Bay on it. Yeah. Good. Very good analogy. Excellent. <laughs> yes. that, that's their strategy. <laughs> Batman Michael versus Bay like Superman. Yeah. Of the Transformers, you know, like any movie yep. where things just blow up, it's probably a Michael Bay movie, you know, exactly. where like an excessive amount of things just blow up, like mountains, building cities, cars, trains, airplanes, beaches, fill in the blank. It just, and we're talking it, about the rom-coms. Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, like the Michael Bay rom-coms. So, John, what else, what else do you have? Number eight. Oh, oh good question. What else do I have? Let's see. So we did Putin. Will Smith. We'd, oh, Will Smith. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, Chris Rock makes some reference to uh gi jane you know uh largely forgotten movie uh from the 90s and you know will smith reacts laughing and then walks up on worldwide television and smacks chris rock over the remark that he laughed at Mm -hmm. so i think it's important to note the gi jane joke was in reference to the fact that will smith's uh, wife has a medical condition in which her hair fell out, as I understood it. Right. And yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith has been very open about that. Her, right, right, you know, right. Her hair and, falling out. And Demi Moore in the mm-hmm. in that movie that you mentioned uh, had to. She was a she was trying to be a Navy SEAL, so she had to shave her head. So that was the reason for the joke. Everybody laughed, including, like you said, Will Smith. And then all of a sudden, he's furious. Yeah. You know, and, so, and the, the clip, like, uh, you know, he's using the F-bomb all over the place. Now, that wasn't on the actual broadcast. They just went, I had it on, you know, live when it was happening. ABC just went blank for, like, a minute. There was, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Something snapped. That was it. Something snapped. And, you know, the adrenaline conduit was open, you know, full bore. And it was the whole, I, I guess it was some kind of fight or flight thing. And he just went for it. And he wasn't thinking, hey, the world is watching right now. That was, like, not in his peripheral vision. Unless he was. Huh? Unless he was. And it was reversed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean. Chessa, this yeah. is, that was February Maybe. before you went cold turkey. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you know that we don't know? I, there was just discourse around, around whether it was rehearsed. People thought that for a while. Well, it, and I don't really think it's been concluded on on whether or not it was rehearsed. I mean, well, there's it, no proof that it wasn't. 
Well, it definitely benefited Chris Rock, right? All of his, he was on tour. It, his shows became sellouts. He was not selling out before then. And it didn't really negatively impact Will Smith. I mean, I haven't thought about it since. I still watch his new movies. Still well, think of him as a great actor. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, he just I had a new movie come out and people are saying nobody's going to it. Really? Yeah, it's What's called Emancipation. It's about a slavery, kind of a 12-year slave kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought about it since, so I thought. So you've forgiven him? I guess, yeah. John, have you Are forgiven just him? Just out of sight, out of mind. I, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't go with the whole like you don't write somebody off completely. You don't like vote them off the island. You know, <laughs> like just for for like some weird, you know, uh, mishap or they or they fly off the handle or something like that. I mean, you just, I, I, I can't. It's it's weird. That's that's a unique aspect of of, of this current age that we're living with that I just can't. You know, I can't wrap my mind around. You can't condone cancel culture. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have no I, I don't have any problem with Will Smith at all. You know, do we have any evidence that Will Smith has been hanging out with Kanye? <laughs> that he's, he's getting some like whatever the bipolar <laughs> disorder, like the is molecules, that, uh, the covid, the, what do they call uh, it? Is the, that the aspirin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Maybe yeah, fun. maybe that's yeah, that's that's the next pandemic, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, and it'll it? it'll it'll infect Netflix executives at first, you know. Like, so what, what if are they going to do? Choose you know? to act like a crazy bitch. Like, it's just contagious. I don't know. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do live in Alaska, so you're handle. supposed to do something. Yeah, so maybe that's a good segue to uh, Sarah Palin there, Ellie. <laughs> Number nine. Yeah, you know, America's favorite hockey mom this year tried to make a comeback. And, you know, we did a big episode on Sarah Palin a little while ago just because, you know, yeah. she's starting to dig her way out of the snow. And uh, we thought, you know, we thought, yeah, we did think she was trying to run for Don Young. We doubled down. We thought well, she's going to be big. She's yeah. going to be big. And then nothing happened. And here's what I love about it. So she. <laughs> She lost, right? Which I, this is, you know, not a very political show. I don't, you know, I, I did not vote for her initially. Like she, you know, we actually had ranked choice voting. So you could technically vote for everybody or you could vote for no one. It depends on what you want to say. But I think it was really interesting because election day was in November, like the Tuesday, November, what was it this year? It was like November 8th or 9th or something like that. The ranked choice voting results didn't come out until the day before Thanksgiving in Alaska. And so I think that that's a big benefit because everybody just has this chance, like everybody just has this chance to forget about it. Everybody voted and then they're counting all the, they're tabulating all the votes. And then two and a half weeks later, it's like, oh, Mary Peltola won. Nobody cares about Sarah Palin. But the interesting part about Sarah Palin is that she actually had already appointed a chief of staff because she was so sure that she was going to win. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So, well, what's the word a... on the ground now? I mean, does she have a career ahead of her? I mean, is there any future for her in, in politics? I don't know. That's a great question. But yeah, I'm... I haven't really paid attention since then because, you know, there's just all this drama around election day. It's like its own holiday. And then given another week after that, nobody really cares. So I think it's kind of like that. Like all of a sudden, you know, everybody, when they found out uh, Mary Paltola won, they were like, hmm, okay. It was just kind of like a shrug, you know, like, cool. And then they just kind of moved on because I there was just so much time for the... Well, she can run again in two years if she wants to, right? If she feels yeah. like it. I mean, if she can run every two years for the rest of her life, if, you know, if you guys don't hire someone to kill her. But, you know, there are, you know, I know some people who run a marathon every two years to, like, keep themselves healthy or whatever. And maybe she does. She's like that. She's like, I'm just going to run for Congress every two years just just to keep myself busy. <laughs> Maybe that's her hobby. I don't know. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see mm -hmm. what happens with her. But, yeah, her comeback story, much less successful than Britney Spears. That's for sure. Number 10. Chessa, what, what do you got next? 
next. All right, let's let's go back to. But it seems like I've covered extensively, which are celebrities, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Oh, that is so romantic, Jennifer. So, why did they Jennifer. Why did they break up in the first place? And and then how do they get back to? I mean, what's the story? That's actually maybe Ellie's territory more. I don't. I I, I wasn't really tuned in when they first. Because it was together. twenty twenty years so ago, and ago. you're twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really I was... on TikTok back then. You were you were following celebrities from the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowadays kids are whatever this new iGen is. I'm sure they have an opinion on, you know, uh, the new Benefer. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty interesting story. You know, almost 20 years after they were initially engaged, they finally got married. And, you know, they were so big 20 years ago. And then I guess it was just the pressure, the paparazzi and the, you know, the big celebrity wedding. They just kind of fell apart and canceled it. And since then, you know, J-Lo's had a few spouses and so has Ben Affleck. And now finally they're back together. So, I mean, maybe it just took a little practice. And I think one of the greatest things about J-Lo is... I mean, she was like, she and Shakira were like the last solid memory we had of like life pre-COVID, you know, remember in like early February when they did the Super Bowl show and they just like totally killed it. And, you know, that was like one of the last big events that we had pre-COVID before everything shut down. So, I mean, she's, right. she's Vaguely always remember that. Yeah. hot on the scene. I mean, Thanks to thanks to J Lo, like Ben Affleck is back in the news cycle. Like nobody cared about him <laughs> since he slept with the nanny that one time. So he really has her to thank. Poor A Rod is out of the news cycle. I was <laughs> I was at a sports game last year and he was there. And you could tell because people started to crowd around and oh, that's A Rod over there. And then the crowd just started chanting J Lo at him. The poor guy had <laughs> just been dumped and his, and his girl had gone all the way back to her bow from 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. poor guy. Celebrities, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So what else do you have, Ellie? Number 11. I was going to say, speaking of celebrities, we got our favorite Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Oh, yeah. Come on. Okay, so I just finished binging all five seasons of The Crown. And Mm. so I'm basically an expert in the UK royal family and, like, all history. I mean, I think if I were, like, a high school European history teacher, I would just put on The Crown for the whole semester. You know, like, movie day every day that would be it. And I know that they say it's a drama, but like, uh, I'm just going to take it as fact. It's truth to me. How far back does the crown go? I mean, is it just start with Queen Elizabeth getting crowned when she's 20 in 1952 or whatever? Yeah, pretty much. It actually starts when she's getting married to Prince Philip and then kind of follows her whole life through getting married and then you know her father dies and then she becomes queen much earlier than expected and then really just follows her reign so i think the last season just ended in like the early 90s when they had to decommission her yacht very big deal and so actually the last season really talked about some of the interviews that like princess diana and prince charles did when they were having marital issues and kind of you know princess diana was really slamming the royal family and life within that establishment and i think it's only appropriate that this week this past week meghan markle and prince harry have started to release their docu series on all of their drama within the royal family and unfortunately i've been too busy shoveling snow to watch it because it's kind of hard to like watch something while you're shoveling snow but um it is definitely on my watch list that's what I was going to ask you. A lot of people have not really been liked it, or at least the ones who are professional reviewers. That Really? Yeah, like the royal family, for instance, have not really liked it. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, let, explain this to me. I mean, do these guys even have a shot at ever being the king and queen? I mean, does everybody no, have to die? No, not really. Okay. I mean, yeah, because I think it would go, yeah, Prince William and then like his 
sons are the next in line after Prince William. So okay. a lot of people would have to die. In There's order no for way there. Okay. King. But I think the other thing too, is like, if you like always follow the money, right? So like one interesting thing I learned about the Royal family is that while they're part of the Royal family, they're not allowed to make money off of like their celebrity status. Like any money that they make off of their name and likeness actually goes back into like a government fund. And then they use part of that to like fund the Royal family as a whole. But you know, that's kind of why you see like, you don't see like, Kate Middleton, you know, out there being a sponsor or like a, you know, clout chaser. Yeah, exactly. But whereas like now you see Harry and Meghan stepping away and they're like, oh no, we're not going to get any income from the royal family. But now they're signing all these massive Spotify and Netflix deals. They would have never actually been able to sign those deals and make money from them had they stayed within the royal family. So it just goes back to that whole like conflict is profitable. I mean, put like the emotions and the whole family ties thing aside, like they are, you know, doing just fine without their royal status and without their royal allowance. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty curious to see what this next docuseries kind of reveals about everything. Well, we'll have to do an update once you, you'll have to do your own little review for our audience once you've had a chance to check it out. So Absolutely. Number 12. Chessa, we, we've got one left, I think. So Chessa, that's you. What do you got? Uh, yes, Brittany Griner. Well, we can just take it way back to when she was first arrested. Okay. For a small, I think it was a small like cart- bait cartridge of sorts. Just something very minimal in what I feel. In I, So I live in San Francisco. And to me, I'm watching that. And I'm, you know, I have, I have, some I have some edible gummies in the fridge or I can go down the street and get way more than she was arrested for and I'm just yeah we've we've got a we've got these cannabis stores on every street corner now here in Virginia yeah so. and I'm just like wow that is must be quite the shock for her um fast forward nine nine years in a concentration camp wow. yeah I'm, I'm literally <laughs> I'm I'm staring at the, the window of this smoke shop and I'm like nine years yeah wow. um <laughs> So that's just just some initial shock. But yes, the the so Chessa, I know like you played collegiate sports, like you are a female athlete. How great is it for the female athletic community that a female athlete has like now made the headlines for a solid 10 months? <laughs> so good, good for her. Good. So good for the WNBA. I actually had a trivia question the other night where it it was like the top four WNBA scorers of all time share this letter in their name. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I can actually only name one WNBA player ever. And it's Brittany Griner. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, I, I think Sue Bird is another one. Someone chimed in. I don't even remember what the answer was. Um, but no, she has been amazing. I mean, this has been but, their best yeah. year ever is so what's I'm, being I'm, reported in terms of TV ratings, uh, box office yeah, it's tickets. Awesome yeah. So, um, yeah, women, female athletics too. Also the, this is just a side note, the, the women's national team getting a nice little cut of the men's national team world cup winnings. And then the men's will get, the men will get a cut next year in the world cup. That's an interesting one, maybe for another episode. Well, and it really shined a light on the disparity between payment of... So if you're in the NBA, you know, you can expect millions. Brittany Griner was making $200,000 a year. You know, that's like, a, that's like a, a guy fresh out of the minor leagues in baseball his first year. But, I mean, come on. She's supposed to be this giant star, and that's all she... That's why she had to go to Russia. Exactly. They were giving her money. Yeah nuts yeah because isn't it for russia like these russian oligarchs it's just like their pet project right they're just funding these women's basketball teams and it's like yeah it doesn't matter if they're making money if they're just throwing money at it and watching them watching them play so yeah so she's so she's released and something about saudi arabia brokering this deal and arms importer now you, you could tell me that saudi arabia was the biggest arms importer or the biggest arms exporter? I would not have any idea either way, but it sounds like they're an importer and they brokered this deal. Yeah, 
and the guy released was an arms dealer. This is what I'm picking up on from the more educated. So Victor Bao was like one of the, they, his nickname literally was the merchant of death. Like he's one of the right. most historic arms smugglers in the entire planet. I forget how many millions of deaths, like he is basically responsible for, for like smuggling arms to, you know, all of these like third world countries and kind of like funding all of these conflicts with smuggled arms. And yeah, Saudi Arabia is the world's largest arms importer. And then they conveniently broker this deal. So I think it is just, it's just interesting. It's just a thing. I just, I don't know much about geopolitical relations and events, but it's a little too sticky for me personally. But I'm super happy that the WNBA has much higher ratings. Thanks to Griner. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, we're putting a bow on this episode, folks. Whether you're baking cookies, making a dreidel, decorating the tree, or wrapping gifts, we hope this episode helped take the edge off the tedium of your seasonal labors. Just remember, many celebrities have it much worse off than you on the holidays. And that thought may help to restore your happy smile. I want to thank my co-host, Ellie guests Chessa and our composer John Hookstra for joining in to help us out. We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you! You can reach us online at scandalsheetpod.com, Facebook, or Twitter, or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. Happy holidays to all of you from your friends at Scandal Sheets. Copyright 2022, Thad Helsley Media LLC. All rights reserved.